Hiring? With ZipRecruiter.com, you can post your job to 100 plus job sites, including social media networks like Facebook and Twitter. And guess what? You can do it all with a single click. Try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash golf. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash golf. Back here on the First Cut Podcast with Kyle Porter. I am your host, Chip Patterson. That's Kyle Porter. Kyle, the memorial is completed. This was the one tournament uh, that we had where it'll be a final tune-up for a lot of players as uh, the next week, the St. Jude in Memphis only has six of the world's top 25. A little bit of a thin field, but this is a, a great tournament. You know, of course, we we had uh, our fair share, of, in case you didn't know, you know, they do a good job of, you know, making sure that you understand that it's Jack's tournament. But uh <laughs> but but there was a lot of good golf. I mean, look look Kyle. Like there were so many different points in this weekend and the finish, which we will get to, which ended up with uh, Jason Duffner winning. The finish had some some rain that kind of uh you know, slowed what was a, a really exciting back nine that was shaping up. But in, in general, I would say from from the the quality of star power on the leaderboard to just getting some pretty good golf in spots from a lot of the key players who are looking at going into the U.S. Open. Uh, great week up in Dublin, Ohio. Yeah, I think you can make the argument that this is the best tournament that's not – there's a lot of qualifiers here, but that's not a major, a WGC, or the Players' Championship. And and those are kind of the big um, – what are the nine tournaments on, on the calendar? Um, but then there's, you know, 35 others, and this, I think, is probably the – if it's not the best, it's, it's right up there with the three or four best just because of, like you mentioned, a great field. We had a – unbelievable leaderboard on Sunday and the course itself. I mean, I, I was sitting there while I watched a lot of golf this, uh, last weekend and there were times when I was like, am I watching Muirfield or am I watching Augusta national? Uh, and, and I know that, you know, I, I know that the Jack Nicholas has taken, uh, he, he's, he's borrowed some concepts from Augusta a place. He's won six times and, and from other places, but it, it is just a really incredibly well taken care of course. Um, it, it's it's a cool test because, and and this is similar to Augusta. It's it's such a cool test because you can shoot sixty five. Just uh, Jason Duffner did that the first two days, or you can shoot eighty five. You know, and 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 I like it at, when when courses have a wide variance in in scores. You know, you get a U.S. Open, and it's like, well. The best score was 71, but the worst was was 91. That's not the kind of variance I'm talking about. I'm right. talking about a, a, you know, you can be seven under or you can easily be 10 over uh, ba- based on how you hit it. So I just think it's that that type of track makes for a really great tournament. And it was a, a, a great week, as you just mentioned, for Jason Duffner. Jason Duffner, um, the, he had a rough Saturday. Then he was able to rally with a 68 on Sunday. And one thing that seemed... Uh, big and I, I just you know this is something that uh, was mentioned on the broadcast. Uh, I kicked around to some friends and family just in, in talking about golf on Sunday, and I, I wanted to pitch to you as well. Do you do you think that these the multiple rain delays when you're a leader or at least in contention? Do you think that that becomes you know do, is it an advantage? Is it a disadvantage? Because when they came back out from the second delay. You know, Duffner wasn't brilliant, but he at least held it together and was able to to like keep from losing it right there with Ricky Fowler and the barn rat coming down his uh, breathing down his neck. Well, I, I think 
I think it depends on who the player is. So if it's Billy Horschel out there, it's a disadvantage, right? He's such a momentum player, and he's talked about that. And you could, I was at Byron Nelson. You could see it. You could literally see him hit it better after he makes a birdie. And and so he 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 thrives on momentum. But I think for somebody like Duffner, it's it's an advantage because Duffner doesn't change. Like he just rolls out of bed and hits pure eight irons, you know, yeah. like he, does, he doesn't, he doesn't have to like have any momentum. And, and so I, I thought with somebody with, with him leading the tournament, um, I thought it was a, I, I don't know if it was a big advantage, but I thought it kind of played into his hands a little bit. Cause there was that comment, I think maybe even uh, Jack made it where he said, you know, the, if, if your swings getting shorter, like if there's anything that you can see that opportunity sometimes can, I just, i never thought about that, that you go back in the clubhouse, you're waiting out a thunderstorm. If, if like your caddy can pull up a couple clips from the broadcast, if you swing in, that's like a chance to get some last minute swing notes. I mean, that could obviously, like you said, if you're a momentum player could lead to you no, know, have no impact at all, but Man, that that could be just the the difference on the margins when you're going back out there just with a few holes to play. Yeah, I, I think the other thing is it's it's mentally taxing to kind of hop out of that zone that you're in, mm-hmm. and especially when when you're when you're at, when you're in that zone at a very high level. Like like again, going back to Billy Horschel, he's so keyed up whenever he's playing, and that's why he's that's why he's a really good player. Um, but to get out of that and to get back in it, that's mentally like exhausting. Uh, somebody like Duffner is not as keyed up, uh, to say the least. I think he's at the opposite end of that spectrum. So it's not mentally taxing for him to to hop in and out of, um, you know, kind of the mindset that you have over an 18-hole grind. So that's, I think that's another thing that, that sort of uh, worked to his advantage on Sunday. Victory number five uh, for Jason Duffner, the – one-time major champion. Um, is this something where you see him, especially with the play later, uh, building towards where he might get another win this season? Yeah, I mean, I I think so. You know, how old is Duffner? I'm looking this up right now. He's 30, he's 40. Jason Duffner's 40 years old. I mean, for him, and, and I know we're going to talk about this, but it's all about um, can you putt average enough to stay in a, in a golf tournament you know like because he's, he's just, so good he's, he's, he's not a, so good at other places of the game like he's just such a good ball striker but yeah that yeah bad he's putter. just he's just not a good putter but he's been playing really uh he's been playing great so far this year he missed the cut at colonial but uh, leading up to memorial he was uh, 12th in houston 33rd at the masters 11th at, at rbc uh, fifth at the Zurich. That was the team event. Thirteenth at the Byron Nelson. Like he's just, he's only missed two cuts all season. Um, so he he's been playing some really good golf, and you know he's the kind of guy like and and there's so many guys like this, these elite ball strikers that if they're if they're feeling it and they're putting okay, they're going to be in the mix on the weekend. And uh, you know we're, we're running out of tournaments in terms of like guys getting multiple wins this season, but. Sure, I could see him. Uh, I could see him wanting another event this year. Okay, and uh, and that was so when you started collecting uh, the amount of prize money that had been won by according to uh, your strokes gained. Was that before or after you started to put together the idea that 2017? I mean, this was a broad declaration, Kyle. 2017, <laughs> the year of the bad putter. You know. 
Well, it, it's more it's it's an era thing, right? Like it's not. I I don't I don't want it to be just a 2017 thing. So I, I kind of went. Jason Duffner is not a good putter, and that was sort of my um, kind of my foundation for the column that I wrote on Monday. Is that people people and I hate this this uh, narrative that the, you know the the whole like drive for show, putt for dough thing. That it, that's that's outdated. It's archaic because I don't even know if it was ever true. But if it was, it's certainly not anymore. It's more like drive for dough and just putt well enough to not completely take yourself out of the tournament. I think is what don't, I wrote. Yeah, don't um, put don't put it off the green. Yeah, and, and so you get these guys like like uh, like Jason Duffner's strokes gained with the putter last week was was in the negatives. I mean, he he lost strokes on the greens. He did he putted below average of the seventy guys that that made the cut at the Memorial. And so you're like, well, how could that guy win the win the golf tournament? I thought you had to putt well to win tournaments. Well, when you're hitting it two feet from the pin, and and you know, kicking in birdies, you don't gain any strokes there. It's just everybody makes those putts. Like it's a, you, it's almost impossible to miss them. Sometimes Duffner makes it look like he's going to miss them, <laughs> but uh, everybody makes those putts. And so you don't gain anything um, by by making those putts. And I, my whole point in that is that, you know, if, if you want to be great over a long period of time on the PGA Tour – it's more important to to hit your drives well and to hit your approach shots well. Now, you can't be an atrocious putter in a given week and win the tournament. You can over a, a long period of time. You can be a, a bad putter and have a decent week, have an average week putting uh, and win the golf tournament. And that's exactly what happened with Jason Duffner. He's been he's been in the top 100 twice in the last I think it was 10 years in strokes gained putting. That's not good. He's usually in the 140, 150, 160 range on the PGA Tour. That's also not good. But as we see, like if he's if he has a halfway decent week with with his uh you know on on the greens, then he can pretty easily win a golf tournament won the tournament by three strokes and he was he was below average with his uh with his putter. So it, it's I think it's an interesting concept that that people need to understand and and think about and discuss a little bit more. Uh Fun leaderboard of the Memorial, bad putting week for Phil Mickelson, who made headlines uh, with the announcement that he would be missing the U.S. Open uh, because of the eighth grade graduation of a daughter. So uh, was, it was uh, high school. High school graduation. Was, was yeah. it? So eighth grade graduation, he attended and then also still made a tournament. High school right. graduation is going to take a going to going to take a little bit more of the weekend. Uh, Phil Mickelson, outside of uh, outside of his putting. It didn't feel like he was playing horribly, but yet we were just in that position that we've become so accustomed to uh, so far this season, at least certainly since uh, we began this podcast, where you're catching uh, you're you're catching Phil drawing some oohs and ahs, but he's drawing oohs and ahs with like uh, an, a twelve fifteen tea time, and he's just firing for flag sticks, and you know when the when the broadcast starts. Uh, you're, you're catching him at least six holes behind the leaders right now. And, you know, not great putting for Mickelson, not going to be in the U S open, but everything else though, you know, what's, where's your head at with Phil right now? And were you surprised at all by the announcement? Well, first let's talk about him just on the course. Um, so, so traditionally Phil is somebody who we think of him as like riding the roller coaster. Like his highs are really high and his lows are, are really low. And this year it's been the opposite. He's made every cut 
of every tournament that he's played in this season, that's about uh, 14, it's 14 events. He's he's not missed a cut, and yet he hasn't. He's only finished in the top ten uh, three times, and one of those was match play. And everything else since uh, April or since the end of March, since the Houston Open, he's made six cuts and finished no better than T18 and no worse than T55. And so it's like I don't know what to do with that with Phil. That's like that's like um, Brian Gay territory or. Yikes. You know, somebody like that, like it's not Phil territory. Phil's either like third or like misses the cut. And so it, it, it's such a such a weird like period of his career that that uh, I, I don't really know how to categorize it. Um, but yeah, he didn't putt well. But the, the bigger story for me, I was enthralled with this him skipping out on the U.S. Open thing. I, I think it's so uh, funny and uh, interesting, and it's just he—he's such a—he's such a fascinating character for me. And personally, I don't know if this is true or not. I have no inside information. I think it was a power play by by Lefty to uh, to get the school that his daughter attends to move the graduation. I mean, come on. There's 105 people in in this graduating class. I did <laughs> I did a I did a deep dive on this high school. 100, 105 people. In the, you could you could have the graduation in Phil's living room. Dog. Right? Come like, on. <laughs> like just move it move it back 12 hours. Who does a Thursday morning graduation? By the way, what's up with that? No, no. I mean, listen. I'm 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 a traditionalist. I think you're on Saturday or Sunday, and you you got to pick one or the other. Yeah, like, uh, yeah, it, it's absurd, but. Move it back to Wednesday night, and, and I think I think Phil if, Phil's language, like if you read his quotes or watch the video, it's hilarious because he couches everything with, "Well, unless something crazy happens, you know, unless like Phil, like you're you're probably a billionaire, like just donate, uh, you know." I, I saw somebody on Twitter say, "Donate a gym to the school and like have them move the the graduation back twelve hours," you know? Yeah, he yeah, did yeah. that. This is what happened at uh, at, at Marion in two thousand. Uh, 13. So this was four years ago, the eighth grade graduation. He attended it, I think it was Wednesday afternoon or evening. And then he took basically an overnight flight to Marion, got there at 4.35 in the morning and ended up almost winning the the tournament. You know, he played in the final or second to last group or final group on Sunday and lost by two or whatever. But, um, I I just, I think Phil plays Aaron Hills. Oh, yes. I, th- I think that I think that the graduation gets something. I don't know. Maybe Mike D- Davis like creates a, a a storm cloud over Aaron Hills. Like he just it's like Truman Show stuff, and he just makes it rain on Aaron Hills and Phil Listen, gets to play the U.S. Open. At, at risk of uh, at risk of getting like our Skype connection sniped by the man himself, I would believe it if Mike Davis has some crazy weather controls created by the <laughs> mad scientist. <laughs> But like, it was such a, it was such a fill power play of just pitting the USGA against this you know private San Diego high school and saying hey you guys figure this out I'm out I'm 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 ejecting I'm removing myself from the situation one of you guys has to step up so that I, you know because it, it, he he basically endears himself to the fans and and causes all this outrage and whatever. I think somebody's gonna blink. I don't know who it is, but I think it'll happen. That's awesome. So, do you, is this a is this uh, a sentiment that is shared? You think? Uh, I don't know. There, there. I was talking to some other guys uh, on our little. We have a little uh, group chat, and I think 
most of them think that it's legit that he's not going to play. But I, I think a couple of them are like, yeah, power play, power move. By okay. Play. So the, uh, the like contrary or at least another wrinkle to this is the idea that um, anytime Phil arrives at the U.S. Open, he becomes a storyline. He, need, he needs it. It's like the last little, the last major that he has to win to complete his own personal slam. Um, with the status of Phil's game, is he more or less inclined to stretch himself knowing what his odds might be to get out there and beat the Dustin Johnsons, uh, Roy McIlroy's, Jordan Spieths, who are going to be out there also at Aaron Hills trying to win that major? Well, I, I think more so. And I was talking to Shane Bacon about this, who who uh, works for Fox, and he played the course, and he has been adamant about uh, this being a, the perfect course for Phil. Ooh. And a lot of it, a lot of it has to do with the the greens are just so pure, and he just he just thinks he would uh, he would do really well, like he would just play it really well. Now, I, I think that everybody would probably say that Phil's last best chance at a U.S. Open is is probably 2019 at Pebble. Uh, he'll be 49 that year, I think. Um, and I think that's kind of like the that's the dream scenario, right? Phil winning at Pebble to complete yeah. the, the slam. But um, I don't know. I mean, it's going back to Wingfoot, and he he's got some other chances. But I I, I think that um, I think this one's a pretty decent one. You know, I, it's not. You know, Phil in the U.S. Open has been kind of a a circus throughout his career, um, and it, and it's uh, it's still crazy that he hasn't won one. That he's got six runner ups, but. Um, yeah, I, I think that I think it's a power play. I think he wants to play it. I think he feels like he's playing well enough to contend, and uh, I think it'll eventually work itself out. Well, if Phil is able to uh, make all the logistics work, uh, including the travel and everything else, it'll probably be because he's got a great team. And any PGA Tour golfer will tell you that the key to winning is a strong roster, and finding great talent for your business isn't any different. And that's why you can find all the best candidates by posting your job to just one site. That's right. What's that site? It's ZipRecruiter.com. At ZipRecruiter.com, you can post your job to 100-plus job sites with one click. Then their powerful technology efficiently matches the right people to your position. See, that's why ZipRecruiter is different. Unlike all those other job sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you it finds them. In fact, over 80% of jobs posted on ZipRecruiter get a qualified candidate in just 24 hours. Don't spend hours juggling emails. Don't spend hours trying to call people back. Simply screen, rate, and manage candidates all in one place with ZipRecruiter's easy-to-use dashboard. And now, our listeners can start forming their own winning team on ZipRecruiter for free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash golf. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash golf. Try it for free today. Post those jobs at ZipRecruiter.com slash golf. I love the, the idea that Phil is going to show up. I mean, that's that's the reverse Dustin Johnson. <laughs> Like, like if the Masters gave us the last-minute DJ scratch, then all of a sudden this wave of momentum, I'm talking like uh, morning drive is being broadcast from the airport where his private jet is landing. I mean, let's go. Oh, you, 
Tim Tim Rosefort might be on the private jet. <laughs> just <laughs> given given all the insight, and then Phil just Phil then give me like not only that Phil goes from the airport to the T, and like uh, at least one tasty hole out on like a nice sixty nine. Just give it all to me, mainline oh it gosh. to my veins. I would be ready for it. The he, here's what's going to happen. He's going to this is this is going to play out that the high school is going to move it to Wednesday night or whatever. And he's going to he's going to uh, vow to donate whatever he earns at the U.S. Open back to the high school for for helping him out. And then he's going to go win the thing. And it's going to be like the sports story of the year. I'm I'm all in on that. Like, however, it plays out, whether he misses or not. I just think it is. I, I don't know. I just think it's the best, most hilarious, most interesting story of, of going like going in golf right now. That's awesome. Um, okay. Best performance of the season for Bubba Watson, right? Yeah. Yeah. It was. I mean, by far. I mean, it, it, and this is why – so that leaderboard that we had on Sunday was – it was awesome for a lot of reasons, but – one of them is so you had Ricky Fowler, Justin Thomas, Jason Duffner, uh, somebody else is up there that I'm that I can't think of. Um, Kucher, some I don't know, I can't remember. But Bubba being in the mix is always good because he's interesting. You know, he makes the putt on Saturday. He pulls up Patrick Reed or a, a Rory and bows to the fan on on eighteen, and it's like, what are you doing, bro? Uh, shoots thirty one on the back nine collectively on Friday and Saturday, and then he's just kind of all over the place on Sunday. But it, it was super interesting to watch whether whether he plays well or plays badly. It's always interesting. It's always engaging, intriguing, whatever. And, uh, whether you like him or not, I I think it's, I think it's great for golf whenever he is, uh, when he's on leaderboards, 12 events so far this season, four top tens for Bubba Watson over under 0.5 wins the rest of the season. Over under five wins, 0.5 wins. Oh, 0.5 wins. Like will he, Uh, will he, will he win this season? Uh, I'd go under. He has four top tens. That's shocking to me. Uh, T6 at the Memorial, T5 at the Zurich, T9. I guess match plays one of them. And then World Challenge back in December. And Zurich was uh, a team event. And World Challenge had 18 people. So he's got, like to me, one real top ten, which is is Memorial. So I'll I'll say, uh, man, it's so hard because – He's he's talented enough. Like if he goes and wins Travelers by like six, I'd be like, oh yeah. I mean, yeah, I get it. He's just played so bad. He's missed five cuts. He finished T thirty eight at Mexico, T thirty four at Arnold Palmer. Missed the cut at the Masters. Missed the cut at the Players. I'd have to go under. He's just I, I don't know. I don't know what's going on with him, but he's not playing very well. I was I was surprised at uh, so he's got twelve career wins, but like. The only wins since that 2014 Masters, his second, is uh, WGC later that year, one Travelers and the Northern Trust Open. Like it's it is it is not the uh, it is not the recent winning. Like are are we are we being spoiled by like the? Which, is it Rory or Jordan? No, it's Jordan who you're talking about wins about two times every single year. 
Yeah, yeah, he does. Um, it's like I'm spoiled by that because I, I look at the I look at Bubba Watson since April 2014. I find it very unimpressive. I go under two. I don't. I'm not sure if Bubba Watson win, wins this season. Do you think Bubba Watson ever wins again? How about that? Like any tournaments? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Really? Yeah, I think I think he will win three more times in his career if it's two. Oh, wow. In, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, I'd go under. Wow. I'd go under. He's 38. I mean, I, I think that I think Bubba is. Uh, I think he gets disinterested with golf, and and not in a um, like. I think Phil gets disinterested with golf, and like, uh, I need something to. I need something outside of golf to like challenge me or like take my interest for a while. I think Bubba like gets disinterested in that he like just doesn't like the like playing on the PGA Tour and like doesn't like the grind, and so I don't. I don't think he's like a lifer. Like, I don't think Bubba's going to like be playing senior tours and, you know, doing all this, whatever. I, I think he, uh, I don't know. I could see him kind of playing all right the next couple of years, continuing to play the masters, but just kind of, kind of fading a little bit over the next five years or so. Well, in the next five years, he's going to get at least one more travelers and at least one more Northern trust open. And then all of a sudden I'll be really close to hitting my three. because you're you're right i mean that's the like that that's the math you're doing with bubba right you're just kind of like well there's this spot and this spot and do do you think he's going to be able to so you're saying no no chance he wins the masters again no i mean his his uh i i love looking at guys like major records over the course of their career like everybody's wikipedia page has every major they've ever played in and where they finished and it's color coded top tens are yellow and, and wins are green. Bubba's played in, I can't count it up. It's looks like 40 or so majors. He's got four top tens and two of them, two of them are masters are, wins Our masters wins. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't have a top 10 at the U S open since 2007. He's been cut three times, four times since then. And he doesn't have, he doesn't have a top 10 ever at the British open. He's been cut almost every year. Uh, and he doesn't have a top 10 at the PGA since 2010. Mm. And he doesn't have a top 15 at the Masters other than his two wins. Like, it, it, he he has such a bizarre resume in that he's a Hall of Famer. I mean, you win two Masters in this era. And is that the way? Times. But is, is that the way it works? Like, you can have that, uh, like, you win the Masters twice, and even with, uh, inconsistency among in major performances anywhere else. It's still like, yep, you're a hall of famer. Yeah, I think so. I mean, two masters wins. That's, that's a list. You know, that, that's a big deal. Um, I think what's interesting, who, who do you think has had a better career or who, okay. First of all, who do you think? And then who do you think everybody else thinks like the general golf public thinks has had a better career between uh, Bubba Watson and Sergio? Oh, I think Sergio's had a better career. Yeah, I think it's not even close, but I think if you asked just a general golf fan, they would say either it's close or Bubba's had a better career. Just because a lot of Sergio's wins have been internationally. Um, he's got a ton of top tens at majors, but not a lot of, not, a, not you know, he's only got the one Masters. Uh, and Bubba won two Masters pretty dramatically. You know, he won in a playoff, and then he beat Spieth uh, by hitting it over and around Augusta Country Club uh, yeah. on on 13 on Sunday. And so 
it's just at the, the, I think the public perception of, of Bubba is that he's had a, maybe a little bit better career than he's actually had. Mm, interesting. Well, you mentioned that Bubba Watson, uh, adding a lot of entertainment value. There's just, there's just not going to be more entertainment than you're going to find right now than the Justin Thomas experience. Mm-hmm. Um, what, a, what, a, what a, your boy, uh, Solly got to, uh, loop for him in the pro-am lot of lot of good lot of good footage a lot of good viral media moments coming <laughs> from uh from justin thomas including getting on the uh going to pick up grandma on the golf cart um i mean like, like this like this guy is absolutely bringing everything that a that a fan could want right now and he's added some some really really good golf to it um you know the so let's see he shot 72 on sunday finishes t4 but like the the general um vibe around this player is almost impossible for me to root against is that crazy no no it's not crazy and i i told well first of all i told solly that he he had a really good memorial recap he was there uh he wrote about it on on nolayingup.com but just getting he's got such an interesting interesting perspective because he he had to caddy for for JT and then he he was walking around with Zach Blair um and and, and just it, it, I don't know I also, I, will, go, I also saw that he uh, he noted that he was a little disappointed with John Rahm I was like Ooh. yeah he did it, <laughs> it, it was interesting and and I think that people should go read that recap but I think the the John Rahm thing is is interesting because it it, it kind of gets at this thing of like how do we want our golf stars to act? What, what is what is crossing the line in golf? And mm. I, I, I think that people like people think everybody should act like some people think that everybody should act like Steve Stricker of just like zero emotion all of the time. And that's the proper way to play golf or whatever. And I think that's so stupid and silly and antiquated. Um, but there is sort of a, an unwritten rule, this line that it's like, um, you know, you can't, it, one of the things that he mentioned in there is that Rom was kind of cursing under his breath, but loud enough for people to hear at some fans. And like, you, you, it, I, I don't know, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, yeah. there's a, there's a line that you can cross that It's like, oh, what, what are you doing, bro? You know? And, and I think that, I think JT walks that line pretty well of like, he's so like, talk about somebody that's keyed up. Like, I I don't know that it comes across that way, but he is locked in to every single shot that he hits. And so he, he, you know, he, he pushes one on, I can't, it was 14 or whatever on, on Sunday and just full club toss and (laughs) on the follow through. And I, I don't. I don't get real like worked up. Some people like hate that. I don't get worked up about it. I think it's kind of funny. Uh, I think if you do it like on every single shot, like we've seen Hideki Matsuyama do, it gets a little bit old, but I, I can't like, I don't know. I, I I'm fine with it. Like I, I think the I think I will, I will, I'm enjoying the JT experience. I think that, um, I think some people are not, some people are a little bit annoyed by it, but, whatever like I, See, I, I think he's i think he's great for golf i'm i'm a i'm a sucker for any and this is totally my bias as you know somebody who has entered 
if if I could even be considered part of the sports media realm, who has done so by way of the blogosphere and the internet and social media and and you know and embracing the future, which you know some of embracing the future, particularly in a storied sport like golf, does include maybe uh, being willing to look past these unwritten rules of on course etiquette. So I I don't know where that puts me in being able to like love JT, but then also understand. Uh, a critique of John Rahm, but man, when you, when you're good and you add that flair and the key for me, and this is where I think the separation might be between Justin Thomas and John Rahm is if this flair makes it look like you're having fun and like, this is something that, and I know that a lot of Justin Thomas's club tosses are in frustration, but like, (laughs) don't you just get the, I, I, you know him better than I do, or or you've definitely covered it, but I just get the idea that golf is fun. And if we're talking about, you know, on the other side of the spectrum where golfers might be disinterested, like there's just, there's just nothing that seems disinterested about uh, the level of competition and the spirit of it when Justin Thomas is out there. Yeah. I I think it's so hard because you like, you don't want somebody like walking around and like throwing their clubs around on every shot, but you also like guys that are engaged and like legitimately care and like are just locked into trying to win tournaments. That is to me, that's, I'm not saying that guys like um, Stricker are not engaged. They just, it just plays out differently. And it's more, I think it's just more enticing to the fan, the JTs of the world. And even like, a couple of years ago when, when uh, Rory threw his club at, at Doral and Donald Trump went in and fished it out and pre- like that whole thing, which was kind of weird. But looking back on it. Uh, yeah. Looking back, it's way weird. The, the, the whole Trump part of it. But I, I like we've all been there, right? Like yeah. we've, all, we've all either thrown our club in a lake or wanted to and tried to and missed because we're awful. Awful with our, even at with that. Our, <laughs> yeah. With our accuracy. Um, but it's just, it's relatable. Like if you're doing it every once in a while or whatever, now, if you're, if you're throwing your clubs on every hole, like that's a different thing. But again, that line is, it's a fine line and I don't know like where one begins or where one ends and the other begins. Um, but I do know that I'm enjoying the JT experience. I think he's a great player. I think his, uh, trajectory is as uh, a, a top 10 player in the world for a long time and I think he's going to win a ton of golf tournaments nice alright well we will get in further to uh, to Rick who was right there uh, in the mix but was not able to close out and Jordan Spieth and, uh, and others as we begin to look ahead to uh, not only the St. Jude with our expert picks but also start to break open the US Open picture Kyle Thank you so much, sir. Make sure that you subscribe for the next episodes. Subscribers, get them first. Uh, Kyle, we'll link up on the other side. Okay, Chip. Chip.